Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hello and welcome to Just Films and That. This is the podcast where we are going to discuss a film that we think might be underrated, underappreciated, or we just wanted to talk about it. I'm Josh Hallam and I'm here as ever with Alice Oliver. Alice, how are you? Very well, as always. Thank you, Josh. How about yourself? Uh, I'm very well. I'm very well. We are joined today by another brilliant guest. Uh, He is a comedian, he's an actor, a writer, he is a legend of lockdown, and now a crime writer. Uh, Fergus Craig, welcome to the podcast. How are you? I'm amazing. I'm yeah. absolutely amazing. Thank you for having me. Yeah, no, thank you very much for for taking the time to come on. Um, so we always we always start with a with a completely random question just to to get to get things going. Alice, I'll come to you first. Mm-hmm. What is your pet peeve? You've probably got a few, I know, but I what's mean, one of them. <laughs> one of them. Gosh, okay, golly, because that is that is a list as long as my arm. I'll be honest, but just one of them. And you've I got suppose... long arms. <laughs> yeah, all five foot four of me. Um, I suppose one that does often come to mind is when people are horrifically rude uh, to service staff or to retail staff, basically people who do jobs that uptight people think are beneath them and therefore they get to speak to them in a certain way. Obviously, having worked in hospitality for many years and I was a care worker actually for many years. So, you know, I've had a lot of people shouting at me for no good reason. So now I can really sympathise. And I just think there's no need. Like, if you're already out in a restaurant or a bar or something, you're already having a nice time, right? You're there to get drunk or have a nice meal. They're at work. Like, the least you can do is just be nice to him. But that's one anyway, and I'll, I'll leave it there because I could really go off on one. But what about you, Josh? What's yours? Um, yes, yes, similar. I think I just extend that to like anyone with bad manners in general. Mm. Like I'm quite I'm quite overly polite like to service stuff. I will You like, are actually even to me. Like, like, oh, yeah. <laughs> how, how much is this jumper? 20 pounds? 20, 22 pounds? 25 pounds? I'll give you more. How much is this jumper? Um, but no, I can't. Yeah, I can't, I, people who are rude to service, people who are rude in general, like I'm so overly polite like until fairly recently i worked with a guy who i don't work with anymore and i worked with him for three years and he had it in his head that i was a huge fan of the tv show frasier 
Okay. But I've never Are watched you? it. Oh. <laughs> never. And so it got to the point where it started informing my life and I was just like Googling stuff as he was mentioning it going, yeah, Niles and yeah. Oof, that Are you episode. messing? Did you really yeah. do that? Because you couldn't say no. I ended up just watching actual episodes That's of Frasier. So oh, Josh. <laughs> You um, funny thing. I know, I know. Uh, pathetic, really, that. Oh, <laughs> Just no. tell the truth. Just, Just tell the truth. Just a nice guy. <laughs> um, Fergus, what about you? Um, I operate just a, a sort of constant sort of low-level hum of annoyance. But like, <laughs> usually just at myself. It's, trying to, it's hard to think of something specific. One of the choices I had, I'm quickly, I want to sort of reverse ferret on it because it's service staff. Um, <laughs> I just yeah. hate them. I hate I just, them and their minimum wage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah they <laughs> are all well, terrible, I, I, actually. And I tell you, I, I will say it actually because I also worked in hospitality, right? What I don't like, and I guess what I'm blaming here is the uh, the management. Look at me. I'm going to do it. I've got the confidence here after somebody's <laughs> somebody who works in hospitality. Their biggest pet peeve is people being rude to people in hospitality. I'm just going to jump right in and complain about service stuff. Can you believe I'm doing it? You do it. The floor is yours. Take it mm-hmm. away. Is When you are at, say you're like at a football match or a music gig or something like that, the place where time is of the absolute essence, if you're queuing up mm-hmm. or something, because of the way it's the system runs, the people doing that job are all doing it for the first time. <laughs> so there's a queue of 10,000 people and every single it's pint. It's, oh, you want a, a pint? Okay, I'll go and get a pint. Do you understand what I'm saying? I guess I'm, I'm not having a go at you, Alice. I'm having a go. <laughs> I'm having a go at the structures that have allowed such a thing to take place. No, I know what you mean, though, because there is a flip side. Poor service is still irritating. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but I'm not, you know, I don't don't kick off about it. I guess I I just don't like faceless operations where nothing... Well, I'll give you another. Here, I'll just go. I'm, I'm just going to lay into service staff now. What <laughs> go really, ahead. I can take it. <laughs> but what I'm really laying into is Deliveroo. So I ordered a Deliveroo tonight, and it kept on telling me that they were on their way, and then they were there, and then it told me it had arrived, but it hadn't arrived. Oh, heartbreaking. But there was nothing I could do because I was use, I yeah. was I was using some great big faceless corporation <laughs> i couldn't talk to a human being and i had to go through their app you know it's not entertaining i'm so sorry my host, it is heartbreaking when you're watching the little man or the little bicycle or the little car oh, and they yeah. sort of go past your address and you're like sort of want to go yeah no, back yeah here, this way oh shit and you get it and it's all cold. Yeah. And you're like, oh, or like spilled you. and there's grease falling everywhere. <laughs> yeah. Or if you get a milkshake yeah. and then suddenly the milkshake yeah. is all over everything. I get what you mean about like at the gig or at the football match though. Because obviously if you miss a goal, that's pretty much the whole night ruined, isn't it? And it's like, oh, but I needed a beer. Well, I went to the Olympics and Ooh. there were two football matches on. You paid for a double bill. And in between there was an hour and a half. So we queued up 45 minutes to get something to eat. Oh, and then wow. when we got to the end, 
they said, oh, we, we don't have any food left. No. Oh, we, that is so we, like, complained and they said, oh, it's because of the Olympics. Right, yeah. I thought, oh, is that what's, oh, is that what's going on? <laughs> I thought it was just, just my local restaurant. Oh, is that what it's all here? <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh. It's yeah, because probably. of the Olympics. That's yeah. the stupidest oh, thing I've ever heard. It's, it's yeah. actually because of the, the FA Cup final. Is it? Sorry, I'm yeah. terribly sorry. Yeah. I thought I was at the cinema. <laughs> so we will move on to talking about this week's film then, which is Enough Said from 2013, I believe. So if you haven't seen it, then spoiler warnings going into this. Um, Fergus, you picked this. So um, what is it about and why did you pick it, apart from the fact that we asked you to come on and pick a film? I picked it because my, I told my girlfriend that I, would, I was going to do this. And for... I said, they're looking for things that are overlooked. And she immediately knew that this would be top of my list. She said, well, you're going to do Enough Said, aren't you? And I thought, I don't know if I can talk about Enough Said. I don't know if I've got enough to say about it. Funnily but enough. I, I feel so strongly <laughs> that it is the most overlooked film that I'm aware of. I think it's, I think it might be the best film of all time. Wow. 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 I, mean, I mean, that's obviously hyperbole, yeah. but... <laughs> For me, it's just for me personally, I just think it is the perfect film. It stars James Gandolfini, Julia Louis Dreyfus, Tony Collette, and uh, Catherine Keener, who I think are are four of my top 10 actors. Every actor in that is phenomenal. It's a just. It's not about much, really. It's a. Have you both seen it? Did you watch it? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Have you you already watched it? Uh, no, no, I, no. Because it's I, overlooked. Because yeah, it's overlooked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's that's exactly right. You know, that's that's the whole thing. Is we I hadn't even heard of it. Alice, had you heard of it? No, hadn't heard of it. Right. Okay. So I got that part of the assignment correct. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Nailed that one. <laughs> it, the premise is so simple. It's a just sort of gentle farce. It could be. It could be the plot of uh, a twenty-minute sitcom episode. Louis, Julia Louis-Dreyfus ends up, goes to a party, she's single, she meets James Gandolfini and, and she meets Catherine Keener separately. She becomes Catherine Keener's masseuse and she starts dating James Gandolfini. The twist is that James Gandolfini and Catherine Keener are divorced, but at first she doesn't know this. So Catherine Keener's slagging off her ex-husband and James Gandolfini's slagging off his ex-wife. And um, she figures it out, I don't know, a third of the way through the movie, probably at the end of Act One. She figures it out and, um, and she doesn't tell anyone, so she allows that situation to continue. It, in other hands, it could be an awful film. There's really not much to it. It could be a really pedestrian romantic comedy but i mean step in at any point you want because i could just monologue in it for a long time <laughs> well well in that case that's what we'll do then alice so you said you hadn't heard this before so mm-hmm. that's both of us that's that's quite rare actually that neither of us have heard, even heard of the film mm. um so going into it then what what did you think what let's start with what you liked what did you like about it uh, so I did like uh, quite a lot of the story and the premise. So it's basically these middle-aged people who are 
trying to navigate being middle-aged, I suppose, and what it's like to try and make friends when you're of a certain age and when you've had certain life experiences. And then what it's like to try and date someone when you are divorced and you have a kid and then they are also divorced and have a kid and the sort of complications that come with that. I thought there were some really charming elements of the dialogue. So when, uh, so it's Eva and Albert, isn't it, our two protagonists. And when they're together and when they're sort of first dating and getting to know each other, there are so many moments where things could suddenly turn incredibly awkward or just be a bit like oh god why did he say that like I think he mentions the big blister on her foot and he starts saying like oh I don't like feet feet are horrible and she's and she just sort of takes it on the chin and she's like oh so you don't like my feet and they kind of make a joke about it and a few things like this happen at the beginning and you can just see that they're really making an effort to try and make this work obviously they seem a bit world weary and a bit exhausted from you know be either being in the dating game or maybe not having dated for a while and so they just really want this to work and so you get quite this nice little relationship between them um you've got their couple friend Tony Tony Collette is the wife I can't remember the name of the of the husband uh, married ben to Falcone Ma- Melissa McCarthy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In, in real life. Everyone just knows him as Melissa McCarthy. The guy who's the airplane marshal in Bright. Oh, it's not just the funniest bit of that whole film. I love that. Um, and they and they've got like this really weird sort of toxic marriage with a sort of just piling on these microaggressions at one another until this sort of bubbles up towards the end. And it's like you say, Fergus, it is just kind of about this. It's about these relationships. It's about how these people interact with each other. There's no sort of real clear purpose of it. And you're just sort of along with them as they try and navigate this part of their lives. So I did think there were some really charming elements to it. The script, I think, is the the sort of the thing that's really holding it all together. It's very well written. It was quite funny in places. And some of the characters did come across as quite endearing. And it was quite not super realistic, but you could believe that these were conversations and these were situations that people were having. Um, but overall, it is quite, it's quite a fun, enjoyable experience, sort of like that easy Saturday night viewing, I would think. Um, what about you, Josh? What were some of your initial thoughts when you came away from it? I mean, I, I have to say, I, I loved it. I did really, you? Oh, you yeah, love this sort of thing. I, I do. You I love do, this sort I do, of thing. I do love this you? sort of thing. I do. Because, and, I, and I've said it before, and I'll no doubt say it again, and it sort of echoes Fergus's point earlier, which is, first of all, yes, in the wrong hands, this could have been a a shitty rom-com. And it's not, because it it feels more than that. It feels like it's, not. it doesn't feel like it's trying to do something that a rom-com is trying to do. It's sort of feeling like it's just going, oh, this this is what it is, you know, take take it or leave it. So I think, and again, this this is the point that I always make, which is why Alice is saying I like this sort of film, which is I think there's a real place in the world for films like this, you know, films that explore real life, real emotions. You know, not everything has to have a huge end of the world stakes and spectacle and CGI. That very much has its place, you know, love the Marvel films and the DC films as much as any as anybody. But I think that over time, as cinemas and and that sort of thing have become more and more desperate, maybe to get people into the cinema, I think you're losing more and more of this sort of narrative to TV. You know, TV gives you that time to develop those characters. And, you know, you could do this film over 10 episodes or 10 hours, whereas this does it in an hour and a half. And I think there's a real skill to that. And I think that's one of the real pleasures of, of this film is that they they explore people who feel like real people. And as well, I think you could probably say films like this are important to be made because they're definitely for different demographics. It's probably not what you might call your typical cinema going demographic so to speak i love the cast as you say julia louis dreyfus i'd not really seen her in much before other than um 
the odd episode of Seinfeld, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, and um, oh, what's the Veep. American version She's of the thick of it? Veep, no. Veep that's it. Yeah, yeah Veep. Um, yeah, James Gandolfini, the late great James Gandolfini. It's one of the last films he did. You know, again, I'd not seen him in much other than um, The Sopranos and the again the film of the thick of it in the loop. So it's a bit of a bit of a weird link there. Uh, Tony Collette, Catherine Keener, they, they all do a really good job of of bringing to life these sort of quite bits of naturalistic dialogue and that sort of thing. I think there's a really great chemistry between the leads as well. I like that it explores, it does a really good job, the script of, because um, I agree with you, Alice, I think the script was the highlight for me, as well as the cast, but I just love bits of the script because I love that it explored perspective. You know, what really irritates one person is something that's really endearing to another person. Or, you know, you've got some really interesting things that it does with... Um, uh, Julie Louis Dreyfus's daughter and her friend, and her daughter's uh, friend sort of doesn't have a relationship with her mom. They don't get on. They're always falling out. So uh, she spends a lot of time at Julie Louis Dreyfus's house, which then sort of leads to resentment from both her daughter and the mother of the of the friend and that sort of thing. I thought that was quite interesting. And again, those those ideas of, of perspective and exploring compatibility, if you will, between people. You know that that idea of that you you know sort of that they're gonna that there's something going on because there's little hints about all well, my ex-wife and my ex-husband and then like fergus says towards the end of the first act you know whatever it is halfway through third of the way through you get hit with the realization and she knows for ages before they find out which is then the the, the final act is after they've found out i think that's really interesting it's a really subtle script in in that sense um and then and then you also get another element which is you know like you say, the petty friends that are arguing. Um, one of the things they're arguing about is the treatment of their cleaner. Yeah, no, yeah. Yeah, and 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 you know she's she's rubbish or she's doing stuff I don't want to do. And then at the end, do they? I think they they sack her and then rehire her out of sort of you know fear, don't they, of like being seen as impolite or whatever. And then as they're at a party or dinner party, whatever it is, they sort of she tries to tell us to do something. The cleaner just goes, "Ah, oh, do you know what? Like." don't need this shit and it's like a real moment of you know this is someone who's cleaning your house and you're treating her like shit sort of thing and again it's that exploration of perspective which which i really uh really enjoyed i found it really you know the, the runtime just flew by um i loved all the characters you know it was great really really enjoyed it so fergus what specifically do you would you like about the film or or is it just everything you've said already well no i've got so much i can say i mean i <laughs> My heart skipped a beat when you before you started there, just because I was like, oh, "Why if he doesn't like it?" <laughs> <laughs> I knew he was gonna love this one. I, oh, Alice, I, I, I knew I'd like it. this from the poster. I was like, "This is gonna be, <laughs> this is gonna be, <laughs> this is a bit of me." This. <laughs> I felt like you, Alice. Well, you were all right on it. I was like, if Joss really lays into it, I was like, I'm not sure I can take this on a Thursday because <laughs> <laughs> I I, re I rewatched it a couple of days ago and I was like crying at the end. I, oh. I, I love it so much. I think that I think Julia Louis Dreyfus might be just. I'm. I think it's an Oscar-winning performance. It get. It's not like it's just. It would never, ever, ever get close to winning an Oscar because there's no fireworks. There's nothing spectacular about this film. It just does something that's really important, really well. It just represents people, and that was a really good point about how this sort of stuff has been, shut, uh, you know, co-opted by TV now. You don't get these sort of films very often anymore. 
one and a half hours. That's, I mean, please, can we have more films that are one it's and a half hours? It's the dream, isn't it? Um, yeah. Uh, Julia Louis-Dreyfus, she does something, she's so natural and charming and funny. I've only, I, I've never been a huge Seinfeld fan, so I've like, you know, I've seen her in that, always thought she's brilliant. I've watched a lot of Veep and I love her in that. I think she's just an amazing comic actress. But the, I don't think I've ever seen an actress her age in a romantic comedy who clearly, who's clearly like attractive, but there's like zero vanity to it. There's zero like work. She's very happy to just be ugly. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> no, but I know what you mean. Like, there's no, be... there's no like her. There's no glow up scene. There's no her. You know, quite often films like this that deal with people you know who are a bit older getting in relationships, they cannot help but reference it. Yeah. Whereas this doesn't reference it. It just sort of goes, look, there it is. Happens, doesn't it? What I mean by be ugly is I don't want to like, it's just, <laughs> what I mean, what I mean is she will pull, I, I can only sort of do this visually, but she will pull the face in the moment that is the right face yeah. to pull. <laughs> do you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like, it's very it's natural. It's funny. It's the correct emotion. It's, I, I'm, in, I'm in awe of it. Hmm. But it's not the most attractive face. Do you know what I mean? You you know that on set, the questions she was asking were not about the lighting and what side was she being shot by mm. from. Do you know what I mean? It's that's a really good point, actually. That's a really mm. good point. But and her, I, definitely her facial expressions that like they're up there with Jim Carrey's like right. it's <laughs> like top top tier facial expressions. Yeah, yeah. and James yeah. Gandolfini is obviously. I did one of my favorite actors as well, and obviously, if you if you mainly know from The Sopranos, which is pretty much all of us, it's um, a very different performance and a different, very different character. But he's he's also just got that sort of truth to him. You just completely believe him. He's so likable, isn't he? So charming because he's even likable as Tony Soprano. Like, yeah. not to go off on a tangent, but he does some despicable things, and he's still like, oh, go on, Tony. I like a bit of Tony. He's just yeah. a, he's just a guy trying to help. These are the sort of performances that are... Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage... Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, bit to get 30, bit to get 20, 20, 20, bit to get 20, 20, bit to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. 
In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. I'm never going to win Oscars. I love Daniel Day-Lewis and... Christian Bale or whoever, you know, Al Pacino, all these like firework performances mm. that get loads of credit. But just being able to just naturally play a human who you like. Yeah. yeah, it's a difficult... I remember having this conversation with someone around the time when Joaquin Phoenix won his Oscar for Joker. Now, I love Joker. I think he gives a spectacular performance in that. He probably is deserving of an Oscar. But I remember saying... I think Adam Driver should have won it for Marriage Story. And they were like, could not understand why. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I said, because he is, you know, Wacky Phoenix is playing the Joker and he does a great job, but it's a very cartoony. It's a very big performance. And like you say, with these performances, you get this mythos. Oh, they lost so much weight. Oh, they went and lived in a cave for a year. Oh, he, he, he bit his own tongue off. Like, do you know what I mean? It's all this sort of thing. And that's great. And I like reading about that, same as you, Fergus. But Adam Driver does, you know, he plays a man who's, whose life and his marriage is falling apart and he does it really well. And that is, in a way, harder than playing the Joker. Um, both equally deserving. But I just, I remember thinking I preferred Adam Driver's performance. Do you know what I mean? I think they're both worthy of credit, but one gets credit and the other doesn't. You know, like yeah, yeah. those sort of, those sort of films, those sort of performances, they don't tend to win awards. and. Like you say, it's that whole thing, is it? Well, you've put loads of weight on. Well, you've lost loads of weight, so it's a shoe in. Yeah, you know, it's this, it's the same old story. So, um, I mean, what did you th- what, so? What did you think of like the scripts and stuff? Like, is that is that a highlight for you as well, or is it? Is yeah, it I mean, it's obviously, it's obviously the same. Everything about it is, it's something very simple done incredibly well. Yeah. So, you know, I'd love to drill down on that script because it. On the one hand, it feels so simple, but I just don't think I could ever do that. It's just so deftly done. And, you know, if that had had a few, I'm, I'm assuming, I, I can't pronounce her surname, the lady who wrote and directed it, but I'm, I'm assuming that she was given a lot of power of it because I think Hollywood ruins, ruins a lot of these movies because they go through so many drafts and have different writers. But I'd like to assume that she was sort of like given a lot of power over what she was doing. So it maintains its sort of identity. It could have easily turned into it could have been a it could have been a rom com with Jennifer Lopez. Yeah. Yeah. It could have been that. But, yeah, no, it could. But it's just very gently done. And they're can they're complex characters, right? They do good things and bad things. Yeah. You know I mean like the the I was thinking about when I rewatched it, the that couple. Uh, Tony Collette and Melissa McCarthy's husband, <laughs> <laughs> Mr. McCarthy. Yeah. yeah, his full name. I, I, you know, a lot of people watching that might not like them. They, they are like rude to like their 
essentially their servant, you know. And uh, but they're they're real people, right? People are complex, and it's not a it's not a story about class or anything. It's just a story written from a perspective about a situation. So I could see so how. That would be the only thing that I could see uh, might rub some other people up the wrong way. But I lo- I'm, I'm a big fan of complex characters and characters being not good or bad, just just people. I think you've hit the nail on the head there. There is no bad guy or good guy. You know, it's it's not good versus evil. It's just, it's you know, I've said this before. And again, Alice is going to laugh because I've said the phrase before, but it's a slice of life film. <laughs> it sounds so wanky. I know. <laughs> That's how I think of it. <laughs> so we'll move on to talking about things that we might change about the film or that we perhaps didn't like. Uh, Alice, was, was there much for you? So we've already sort of alluded to it, but obviously the characters, they're not... So I didn't find the characters very likeable, but obviously they're not there to be likeable. They're there to be real. So, you know, we're seeing their good parts and we're seeing their flaws as well. But I did find that because I didn't find any of them likeable, I wasn't super invested in the story. So it was kind of like if the electricity had gone off halfway through, like I wouldn't have minded, like I wasn't sort of on the edge of my seat waiting to see how this all kind of got resolved. Um, It was just a few things like with Eva's character, like after she meets um, Albert's daughter for the first time and she says that she's horrible, just because that you know she knew her own mind and she wanted to go to a different restaurant and stuff and his daughter also says like oh yeah I don't want kids I don't want kids and Eva and Albert are like horrified and they're like oh don't worry she doesn't know what she's saying and all this and it's like well to be fair she is from a broken home in a household where her mum and dad were so unbelievably toxic to her like do we not think that that's maybe spilled over and probably influenced her decision to not want to have children um and just the whole there's obviously the very sort of farcical element like you said Fergus and it is a farce like you could see this on the stage definitely um but the way that she sort of hides the fact that she knows that Albert and is it Marianne? Marianne, who is his ex-wife? The lady she's so. massaging? I think so. <laughs> I can't remember. I can't remember oh, the name of oh it. Dear. Just Catherine Keener. Catherine, Catherine Keener. Catherine. So Catherine. The poet. <laughs> yes, the poet. Um, so yeah, it just it, that just kind of felt a bit like... Um, obviously you're just a little bit like, why, why why don't you just let them know? Like, you're all adults here. Like, why don't you all just get in a room and have a conversation with each other? And that all kind of irritated me. Um, but obviously it's like, it's meant to. Like, it's meant to be the fact that, oh, just because I'm, you know, in my 40s or into my 50s doesn't mean I always make the right decisions. Doesn't mean I can always act in a way that I would like to, you know, as, as a mature adult. And you still have these fears and you still have these insecurities. She obviously just wants to please everybody because she likes being friends with Catherine, the masseuse, and she likes being friends with or being in a romantic relationship with Albert. Um, So I do get all that and I get that all that is the purpose. But for me, it just wasn't engaging enough. I didn't really care that much kind of about what happened to them and if this relationship worked out or anything. I do think it was written very well, but I think it just wasn't for me, basically. I know it was for you, Josh. And that's, it's good that you're here. And it was clearly... Keanu Reeves wasn't in it, so... I mean, if KR yeah. right there, I'm not interested. Um, <laughs> no, I, I, but then the day, everything's subjective, isn't it? So, you know, if that's that's what you're saying, I then that's what you're saying. I think... Do you think perhaps the farcical elements took you out of it and sort of damaged just your suspension of disbelief sort of thing? Would you say that that was fair? Or is it just a case of you just couldn't get on board with the characters? I think if I'd had some kind of prior knowledge and some expectation that was accurate 
it might have been a bit different because it does... I feel like the way you experience a film is influenced by what you're expecting. And I think perhaps I was expecting one thing and it was another. And so when all these things, when these sort of farcical and very theatrical elements of it started happening, it just kind of was just a bit like, oh, like I'm not really on board with that, not really on board with that. But if I'd gone into it thinking that this is what it's going to be, then it might have been a different story. But I think well, for me... Go on, sorry, Fergus. I was just going to say, it's, a, it's inherently a difficult situation isn't it? because this is a podcast where I've selected a film that I am saying is the most overlooked film of all time. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Therefore, I'm a person who went into a cinema and watched it not knowing anything about it and thinking there's um, a couple of actors I like in this. And I was like, I really enjoyed that film. And then it was, I find that I'm a person who, if I like a film, I'll rewatch it. But I think it's, the, it's a perfectly, it's a very nice film to to spend time with you know it's a perfectly rewatchable film so i've watched it rewatched it a few times and loved it more each time so it's become something that i have a very like personal relationship with whereas like you yeah if you come into something with expectations that you know it's a it's completely different yeah. mm. but like when you talk, talk about likable characters that's a that is i mean that would be a big pet peeve of mine but like it's it's each to their own, isn't it? I'm, I'm, I'm all for unlikable people in films. <laughs> <laughs> I like, I, I, I like, I love. Uh, my favourite characters are always the the least supposedly likable. I actually don't. I think the two main characters, Julia Louis Dreyfus and James Gandolfini, they're like incredibly likable people. I'd love to be friends with both of them. I think they're lovely. And that daughter, she was right. She was horrible. That was a whole joke. Maybe it's because I'm older. Maybe because I'm closer to their age. <laughs> that daughter, that daughter was um, abhorrent. That's, 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 um, that's Bono's daughter, isn't it? Was it? That, was it? that actress is Bono's daughter. I yeah, Eve, 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 Eve Houston. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, okay. In, interesting. I mean, for you, Fergus, is there? I'm, I'm guessing not. Is there anything you particularly didn't? You would change about it, presumably making it longer and <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> at least I mean, eight sequels. Yeah. My whole thing about this film is it's it is not. There are lots of films that have a lot of plaudits that I could make an argument are like maybe my favorite film at all time or maybe better or whatever but this one to my mind for me personally i don't think it there is a single thing wrong with it <laughs> i think it is absolute perfection of what it is that is my opinion no but we've, uh, that's had, what this we're conversation, that's we've had this what we're conversation multiple times haven't we you know only recently one of our other previous guests picked about time and i loved about time when i first watched it and my other half Hated it. Is that the Richard like, Curtis one? The Richard mm -hmm. Curtis one with Rachel McAdams and Dome. That's Richardson. one I've never watched just because I've assumed I would hate it. Yeah, I, I hated <laughs> but my, it. I wasn't but yeah, into Alice, it at all. Alice didn't like it. My partner didn't like it. She hates it. To the point where it became a running joke when you go to put a film and I'll always go, about time, because it winds her right. up so much. Yeah. She hates it. She just says it's posh people having a lovely time and she can't get on board with that. Yeah. Whereas I don't know, quite enjoy woolly jumpers and posh people having yeah, a lovely yeah, yeah. time, you know, that sort of thing. So, but it's subjectivity. And, and like you say, it is a little bit paradoxical when people come on this podcast because that's just the very nature of it. All films, all films are subjective. I've seen films that have hailed as the great, you know, some of the greats and, and no, not thought they'd be that good. Absolutely love Citizen Kane. 
don't think Casablanca is very good. You know, it's that it's that sort of thing. Um, and you don't like Greece too, which just and I don't like Greece too, mind. which is you know, which is right, which is the correct opinion. My opinion on that film is is correct. What about uh, you with this then, Josh? Like, was there anything <clears throat> that you would change or that you didn't like? Um, nothing. <sighs> Nothing like huge. I think that there's two things I would have, and this is like a, I would have liked to have seen it. The first is a bit more development of the daughter, as in Julie Louis Dreyfus's character's daughter. And I, don't, I just, I just would have liked to have seen more of her. Um, and the second one, and the main one was, is, and again, this is just I would have liked it. Was at the end, you get a lovely little resolution between Albert and Eva, and I would have perhaps liked some resolution between Catherine Keener's character and Julia Louis Dreyfus's character. Because they were friends independently of that, so I think maybe it would have been it would have been nice to see you know oh, yeah, yeah. two two women becoming friends separately to her going out with her ex husband and it, but maybe that's me being a bit woolly again and being like, well, everything could just be lovely, you know. You just then, maybe, they, they, you just oh, maybe, sorry, you just made me think of another thing I completely love about the film. <laughs> go, go on, go, go on. on, say it. Is it the opposite of what I've just said? You've invited me. No, no, you've invited me on the podcast to talk about a film that I love. You can't say, oh, for God's sake, when I say something <laughs> I love about it. <laughs> Catherine Keener's character, it doesn't lays you on, it lays it on a plate what you're supposed to think about her. Do you know what I mean? She's yeah. like a. She's a sort of airy. I w- I perceive her as like being a sort of like airy fairy sort of poet. Yeah, who says you know blessings and stuff. <laughs> and it's quite it it's it's funny because Catherine Keener is so funny, but it's so subtle. You can take what you want from it. Do you know what I mean? It doesn't lay it on a plate for you. Like this is the comedy poet artist character. Yeah. It's just sort of there. She still exists in the plot and functions, and you don't root for her or against her she's just you know no and like you said if this was like an episode of a sitcom you can imagine that character would float in in a flowery dress and a daisy chain around her head whereas in this you know yeah yeah, they get the balance right between yes she is a bit airy fairy and a bit you know it's that mixture between airy fairiness pretentiousness and you know she feels like a real person i guess is what i'm trying to say Mm. rather than you know i i i did elements of creative writing at university. I've met people who were way more hairy fairy than her character in this, who were real people. So, yeah. you know, I, I think they get the balance absolutely spot on. Definitely. Because I didn't find her pretentious at all, really. And like, she gives um, Eva her book, doesn't she? Her poetry book. And Eva's like, oh, I won't be able to understand it. And she's like, yeah, of course you will. Or she's just like, she's super casual about it. She's not trying to lecture her about it or be like, oh, but this is what this means. And it's me speaking from my soul or whatever. Like, she's just like, yeah, is is the book, take it or leave it. And I'll just very casually phone my friend, Joni Mitchell. Like, it's all just yeah. very casual. She's not, <laughs> she's not rubbing it in your face, is she? She's just like, here I am, take it or leave it. So we'll move on to talking about the critical reception then. Alice, presuming you haven't seen the critical reception, how do you think it did? Um, I reckon it probably did quite well. I think with a cast like that, I think that is going to draw a lot of people in. And I think it would have been quite a lot of people's cup of tea, really. Um, So I think you're probably looking at at least a low seven. So if I was going to guess, I'd probably say maybe like a 7.3 or 73 Rotten Tomatoes wise. And what would you give it? What would I give it? Or, or is that what you would give it? No, I'd give it more like an early six, probably. Or like a 6.1 or early a 6.2, six. yeah. 
Okay, Fergus, what about you? How do you think it did? Obviously, we know you love it, but how do you think it did? I actually did look it up on Rotten Tomatoes today, so I, I ah, know the right. answer to this. I was surprised. I won't give. I won't reveal it. Mm. One Josh. Mm. Mm. So, well, I'll reveal it. <laughs> um, on IMDb, at time of recording, it gets seven out of ten. Mm-hmm. Uh, on Rotten Tomatoes, the audience give it seventy-five percent, so not too dissimilar from the IMDb score. But the critics give it. 95%. Wow, holy so moly. Um, that is one of the highest we ever had. Did we, we got 100 once, didn't we? Well, meet, me, me, and, meet me and Sid Louie. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a bit different it? when it's a classic one. But I tell you as well, yeah. though, and what this did remind me of a little bit, 50-50 got similar yeah, to this. It did, 50-50 yeah, it did, got about it did, 90% it? as well. Yeah. Wow, yeah. 95. Crikey. So... so what do you think, Fergus? Is that is that fair? I mean, presumably you're siding with the ninety-five percent score. No, I mean, so I think it's the best film of all time. So I think it should be hundred percent. It's absolute perfection. So you know, yeah. I want to know yeah. where that other five percent is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and Alice, what would you say then? Uh, so the the kind of the audience score, the IMDb score, that's probably around sort of accurate for me. Yeah. Um, okay. But what about you? Like, is that, are you sort of with Fergus um, on this? Yeah, to be yeah. honest. <laughs> Maybe, I don't think I loved it as much as Fergus, but I would definitely watch it again and I, I did I did really enjoy it. So I would say that the audience are underrating it there and that the critics are over to appropriately rating mm-hmm. it, shall we say. But Fergus, you picked this because you think it's overlooked and underseen. So I've got the box office pick here. And according to this, it made... If this is right, it made just over $25 million worldwide. So not that's not loads. So Do you know what the budget what was? Uh, I don't know what the budget was, but I, I imagine that's probably quite a poor showing against the budget if you consider mm. the cast. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I don't know. I don't know the budget, but, you know, $25 million, A film like this with these people in it, $25 million quid is not going to get you that far. I'm, so I'm pretty sure that's less than the number 23 made as well. Yeah, and there's your benchmark, and yeah. that got eight percent yeah. on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. So that got eight percent, eight percent. Interesting. So what do we think? What do we think then? For me, I I would say that it is underseen. I would definitely think it's definitely think it's underseen. Like I hadn't seen it, I hadn't heard of it. Same with you, Josh. Um, it's not something that's ever been on my radar, or I've ever heard anyone mention. And with a box office like that, I would say it's definitely underseen. Yeah, great. So there we go, Burgess. You think it's underseen? I reckon it, we reckon it is under scene. So there we go. We'll put it you on in with it. the other under scene. You won films. the podcast. <laughs> I've won. <Yes>. Well, Fergus, thank you very much for coming on. So where can our listeners look out for, for your stuff? What have you got going on? Well, man, um, I've been, uh, I've got a book that's out. So that's the big thing. I was on, um, over the last year or so, I've been doing this character on Twitter, this sort of, middle-class dad who I decided to call Martin Fishback. I got the name Fishback from um, Judge Judy. There were two. Oh, yeah. yeah. You know, there were some people on... I was going to call them contestants. Yeah. <laughs> well, a little bit. <laughs> there were some people on Judge Judy. The family name was Fishback. I thought, that's a good name. I'll take that. <laughs> um, but I was doing this, da- this character, this sort of middle-class dad, and then I decided he was a crime novelist. So then I started doing videos on Twitter of just extracts from an imaginary crime novel. And that sort of took off. And then I got a, a book deal and then I wrote the whole book. So it's, I've written a whole novel based around this character, Detective Roger Le Carre. The book is called Once Upon a Crime. 
Oh, a, you know, yeah, he's a character never seen before in modern fiction. You know, he's a, a tough but a tough but troubled detective with a drink problem. Oh. Wow, yeah, <laughs> that is uh... that's unique. <laughs> this is gold. <laughs> the, the one to get is the audio book. That's the thing is to get the audio book. You know, do you, would you, do you read you do the audio book? Yeah, I do as myself. I do. Well, no, I do. It's if you if you're listening to this and thinking about getting involved, watch the Twitter video. The voice that I do in the videos is what I do in in the audio book. Yeah, that's great. That's so, great. so, did you land the book deal because of this character? Because of the videos you were putting on Twitter? Yeah, yeah. Someone got in touch and said they wanted. It was actually, do you know the writer Mark Billingham? Oh yeah, yeah. that rings a bell. His he got in touch with his publisher. And they, wow liked it and then that's very cool then i wrote the whole book and now the audio book is in like it's ahead of like actual john the carry in the charts at the moment is, i just saw that the other day that's crazy that's great I mean, but well done like congratulations that's brilliant that's, that's really amazing. that's really good what would uh what would i was thinking this actually and i was i was weighing up whether to ask you or not what would dad or martin fishback pick if he was coming on this podcast because i imagine he'd be very much like a bridge over the river Kwai, uh it's quite a good show. Apocalypse Where now. Eagles Dare, The Great Escape, <laughs> Dad Films. Dad Films. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, Magnificent Seven. <laughs> what would he pick? That's such a good question. I think he'd either sort of, I think he'd, he'd maybe try and show you his intelligence, you know? So, actually, um, Seven Samurai, uh, <laughs> Kurosawa. Probably curious, Japanese. Um, yeah, he'd probably try and show you. <laughs> well, so the book available just wherever you get books, you know, the usual job. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, yeah it's, it's a great Christmas present. But make sure you, it's a book of jokes, basically. Yeah. Don't read it expecting a crime novel that's a little bit funny, <laughs> which is what some people are doing. It is a joke book. <laughs> how, how many people will will buy it and think it is that? I know, I know. That's a, that worries me. But it's it's only goal is to make you laugh, and oh, the, the yeah. story and we is. We could all do with that, right? Mm. About absolutely. Now. And 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 I, I will say, Fergus, you know, I've been watching your videos all through lockdown. They're absolutely brilliant. I would do, everyone listening to this, you know, check it out. Check you, uh, Fergus out on Twitter. Is it just at Fergus Craig? Yeah. Yeah, and then you know, buy the book and go and watch enough said as well, and uh, and see what you think and, and and get in touch. But yeah, Fergus, thank you very much for joining us. Thank you for coming on. Thanks, Josh. Thanks, Alice. So there we go, another excellent guest uh, episode in the bag. Please do go and check out Fergus's stuff at Fergus Craig on Twitter. He's on Instagram. Go and check out the book Once Upon a Crime. As he says, it's a really great Christmas present. You know, a joke crime book. Who wouldn't like that? Alice, you'd like that, wouldn't you? I'd flipping love it. I want to go yeah. away and read it right now. I can't exactly. even wait till Christmas. Uh, exactly. So <laughs> go and get your copy. Check him out on Twitter. Give him all the support he deserves because he's been brilliant during lockdown. He's kept me going with some of his videos. So yeah, check him out. So in the meantime, we will have another episode for you next week. But We don't know what it is yet, but we definitely will. And I can tell you now, Alice, it will be a film. 
Oh, interesting. I, I am so I intrigued. <laughs> um, in the meantime, if you'd like to get in touch with us, it's filmsandthatpod at gmail.com. We're on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. We're on TikTok. Uh, just search for Just Films and That or Just Films and That Pod. And you will find us wherever you can see our logo. Um, until next time, Alice Oliver, thank you very much for joining me. It's been a pleasure as always, Josh, and thank you. Uh, and it's goodbye from me. Cheerio. Bye. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.